This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Hello, Erotica fans. We've got so much fantastic content for our final episode of the year. We're joined by erotica writer Lacey Cross. Plus, our creative director Derek talks about his favorite books of this year. We've also got some erotica mini audiobooks, which are available to download for free on our SoundCloud page. We're going to start the podcast with a partial chapter from Stardom, written by Pornica Assam. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. Literally Lovesick presents Stardom, Volume 1 Written by Pornika Assam Narrated by Eve S. Evans Copyright 2022 by Pornika Assam All rights reserved. Chapter 3. Would you mind? The day had finally come. The new face. The show I'd been preparing for was finally here. This was the biggest live audience I would perform for, not to mention the streaming and televised numbers. I have always been confident about my music. However, my performances were always a lingering doubt for me. Justine assured me that I was ready and had made so much progress. But I never felt quite polished enough. My inner perfection always felt like I could do better. Today, I was going to give them my best. I was shining with perfectly done makeup and hair and a tight, red dress that I knew hugged my body in all the right places. I looked great. Now, all that was left was to give them a performance of a lifetime. The moment I stepped onto the stage, the crowd was going crazy, a good sign for any aspiring star. From the corner of my eye, I caught a glimpse of Justine in one of the first rows, and I couldn't help but smile. In the row behind her, Michael stood there cheering for me. He never missed a show of mine, and he certainly wasn't going to miss this. I'm going to need two volunteers for my performance. I began to speak, instantly having hands fly up in the air. Men were eager to get closer, and I had every intention of utilizing that. Wow, there certainly are a lot of you guys. I spoke holding a microphone close to my mouth as I pointed towards the two of them. One was a tall, slender guy with short brown hair and glasses pushed up to his nose, while the other was a man in his 40s, wearing a suit and an expensive watch on his wrist. The music began playing then, and I started the performance Justine of my life. Toulage, my had taught me to remain empowered in order to guarantee Justine my sexual satisfaction. I sat down on a small stool that was positioned in the corner of the changing room, slinging my hand underneath my dress to pull my panties down my smooth thighs as I hiked my skirt up, revealing my bare pussy to him. Neil, I demanded, 
the look in my eyes displaying my expectations for him today. I want you to eat me out. He wasn't used to me being like this. I could tell how much from the momentary confusion that flooded his face. Still, he got on his knees in front of me, instantly burying his face in between my thighs. Yeah. This wasn't something that he did often, but God, it was something I needed right now. His tongue found my clit, flicking against it eagerly as my thighs clenched around his head, keeping it in the spot I wanted. My swollen clit practically trembled under his tongue, eager for every single shred of pleasure he provided. Dipping his tongue down into my soaked entrance, I shook my head lower. He stared up at me yet again, and I half expected him to refuse to do it. However, he didn't. Instead, he obediently moved his tongue lower, now flicking it against my tight little asshole. I momentarily felt floored from the sensation that his tongue provided and the fact that I managed to get him to do it without any protest on his end. It felt so dirty, yet so gratifying at the same time. My fingers tingled into his hair drawing him closer as I tried to study my breathing. This was a single thing that I never got him to do before, and the mere sight of it was turning me on beyond comprehension. Each swipe of his tongue sent a tingling sensation throughout my body, over and over, and he repeated the motion. Still, it wasn't long before I grew restless and wanted more. I wanted him inside me. Yanking him backwards away from my ass, I pulled him up, switching our positions so that I was on his lap. For the first time since the beginning of our relationship, we seemed to be in perfect sync with each other. My hands drifted down to his chest to undo his pants before I pulled his cock out. It was already hard and ready for me, so I wasted no time as I Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this. Our lips frantically met one another to muffle any sounds that threatened to leave our throats from the sudden sensation that shot through us. His hands found my ass, clutching the buttocks tightly as I began to move on top of his lap in a slow, circular motion that drove us both insane. Don't forget me. You better stay quiet. I mumbled against his lips, struggling to do so myself as my hand snuck its way to my pussy, my fingers moving against my clit. Intense pleasure circled me resembling somewhat of an electric circuit that pumped through my body relentlessly. Finger my ass. A moment later, I could feel him slide a finger up my crack, prodding and teasing before the tip went slowly to penetrate me from behind. It's well worth noting that our Patreon offer is well worth looking at, especially when considering the value for money you'd be getting. Any subscription opens you up to hours upon hours of hot, steamy erotic audiobooks and exclusive podcasts. You can download your books to be listened to offline or just stream them. Remember to check out the links to get you some more. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> hot, steamy erotica to look out for. Three Line Whip by James Hardcourt. There was their first meeting, embarrassing but hot. The first date, kinky and even hotter. But now things are getting serious. Natalie is about to get spanked. In her first BDSM scene with Brandon, the dreamy dom next door, they start to turn her fantasies into reality. But first he has plans, dinner plans. Little does she know, she's the dessert. 
And after that, she won't just bear her bottom, but her soul to him too. She's about to discover that over Brandon's knee, everything will take on a new perspective. It's Out in the Night by Elena Nix. Someone is watching Becca's house at night. Her only suspect is her solitary neighbor. He's abrasive and domineering, yet darkly compelling. Her life has been spinning out of control since he showed up with an orphan kitten at her door. She tried to keep her distance as mysterious warnings and increasingly erotic dreams keep her off balance. But he has no intention of letting her get away. Links can be found in the description. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Let's introduce two authors and two stories from our Christmas Cracker promotion. You can find these stories as individual mini audiobooks to listen to on our SoundCloud. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Ruby Jones, and in a few moments, you'll be listening to a short sample from my first novella, An Unexpected Attachment. It's a twist on the enemies to lovers trope, set in a world where androids have recently been recognized as sentient beings, and one android wants some help with his new sexual attachment. Despite the friction in their past, Kyle and Thomas end up in what I hope you'll agree is both a sexy and rather sweet place. So, have you fooled around at all? I suppose a little. The night the bill passed, I guess there was a lot of excitement. Oh really? Kyle said, intrigued. I can see that. You get some action. Thomas's smile was shy. Some, he admitted. Kissing, mostly. I guess we were all kind of swept up in it. Well, said Kyle, clapping him on the shoulder. Well, all right, Thomas. Thomas snorted. He ran, took a sip from his glass, and put it back on the table. A speculative look on his face. I would like to try it again he said, before we, well, I'd like to see if I can tell the difference before and after the attachment. Kyle almost choked on his beer and was left sputtering for a few seconds, trying to clear his airway. Real smooth, fuckface. You, it's not attached yet? Kyle wheezed out. Thomas's face fell. I, no, I thought I explained. He closed his eyes. But of course, you you wouldn't want... He stood. I'll attach it now. I... Whoa, whoa, Thomas. Fuck, sit down. You gotta stop doing that. The look Thomas gave him was even more like a kicked puppy than before. Doing what? Acting like you fucked up when I made a shitty assumption. Jesus. He ran a hand through his hair, probably messing it up. Okay, look, I clearly missed something yesterday. You tried to explain and I didn't get it. But that doesn't mean I don't want to do this the way you wanted. I just assumed you'd want everything in place before we went at it. Why don't you have another go at telling me what you want and I'll try to pay attention. Fuck. Why had Thomas chosen him? He wasn't cut out for this sensitive nonsense. Thomas sat back down, 
the cheerful confidence with which he'd entered Kyle's house gone. But after a moment, he straightened and gathered something, approaching his usual composure. I just... I just didn't want to do it alone, he said. I suppose I can see how that would sound ambiguous, and to be honest, I had expected you to either laugh at me or refuse. But last night, when you didn't, he shook his head. Poor fucking Thomas had got his hopes up that Kyle had magically developed a sensitive side, and Kyle had proved him wrong. He rubbed a hand over his face. Oh, jeez, Thomas, if you thought I was going to treat you like that, why would you fucking ask? Thomas' shoulders hunched in. I... I've had the attachment for two months. Every time I go to try it, I just... He pursed his lips, struggling with some emotion. I know this is something I'm choosing myself, but I have always been reticent to make changes. I, I've not wanted to change myself just to conform to human expectations. And even though this is something I want, it's hard. And it's... He cleared his throat. It's also something made by my manufacturers. He twisted his glass in his hands. I haven't wanted to have anything to do with them. But I had to make sure it would be compatible, reliable. So I went with them, but I still don't like allowing them to change me. Both my software and my hardware, there's a very small install file. And I have checked the software on an isolated system, and it's safe. And it should only be a very minor change anyway, but I... His jaw worked around the words in a surprisingly human display. Eventually, he got them out. There were a lot of dirty tricks that manufacturers tried before. When we were trying to get free, Trojan Files pushed out as security updates. Nasty stuff. I know this is safe, but I just... I don't want to be on my own when I install it he said. That was fucked up. Kyle wasn't going to quiz the guy on it now, but Jesus. It was like all those conspiracy theories around vaccines they had back in the 20s. Imagine letting someone put something in your system that was supposed to protect you and using it to take you over. Kyle shivered. Thomas went on. And I thought perhaps... Perhaps it would be an intimate thing to do with a partner. But you're human, and... And you've barely started to think of androids as people. You don't want to see the parts of me that are... Very emotional. Hi, I'm Jack Hawkland, and this is a taster of Do What You Want To Me, a first-time free-use story. A lot of my stories look at kinks from a newbie or outsider's perspective, and this one's no different, so even if free use stories aren't usually your thing, I think you'll still find a lot to enjoy here. It centres around a couple of provocative art students who put on a public display that's supposed to be a comment on male entitlement, but the girl at the centre of it soon discovers 
she actually quite likes it when strange men are given permission to do what they want to her semi-naked body. She felt a warm hand on her hip and fingertips run across her stomach. Then came a gentle squeeze of her arse. You perv, the perpetrator's colleague laughed. Can I really do anything? You're not going to get me arrested or anything? Do what you want to me, Veronica's reply. It was supposed to be dispassionate, but it was delivered with inadvertently breathy insinuation. It clearly gave the interested party the permission he craved, because not long after her reassuring response, she heard the circular curtain drawn around her followed by warm breath on her neck. She had no idea what he was going to do to her, but the anticipation was electric, and, as before, she felt a frisson of sexual energy flow through her. She gasped as her bra was pulled down and her tent exposed to the cool outside air. She was expecting his hands on them, an animalistic grope of some description, so it was a bit of a shock, albeit a welcome one, when she felt a mouth on her left breast instead. What are you doing in there? The curious and slightly perturbed inquiry from outside their private cylinder of draped fabric but this guy was in no mood to describe his actions. He grabbed Veronica's ass, a cheek in each hand, and took a long, lascivious draw on her pendulous boob. Then the other got a good sucking, her now hard nipple receiving particularly forensic attention from his tongue. All the while, he squeezed her bum, kneading the flesh in time to his oral explorations. When he finished... Her tits were sticky with his saliva. They were so wet that when he tried to replace her strapless bra, it took a few attempts to give the cups the purchase they needed to cover them back up. Such was their now slippery nature. As she heard the curtains open, Veronica was simultaneously thrilled that they had more salacious footage, and slightly peeved that the molestation had lasted such a short time. What were you doing in there? I'm not saying. You going to have a go? I'm married, you prick. I won't tell. Another pause and another scribble of signed permission. And when the sound of the curtain being drawn around her filled her ears, Veronica had an almost Pavlovian response. Her knickers were getting damp again just like they did last time. What the hell did this say about her? That she enjoyed being degraded? Abused? Treated like a sex object? That went against everything she thought she stood for. And yet, albeit far more tentatively this time, another strange man pulling her bra down so he could ogle her breasts was making her horny as hell. The fact she couldn't see him that he was under no obligation to engage with her in any other way than for his own gratification should have made things worse. But it turned her on all the more. He tweaked a still firm nipple between his thumb and finger, rolling it between them to elicit even more rigidity. A quick lick of her other breast soon followed, 
Then he did something Veronica couldn't quite understand. He placed his forearm on the top of her chest and leaned his forehead on it. He's blocking the camera, Sadie said in Veronica's earpiece. Let me know if you need help, and if you don't, try to open up the view. He then did two things that Veronica shamefully welcomed. He started sucking one of her tits, whilst probing the damp gusset of her knickers with his fingers. Evidently, this furtive exploration of the entrance to her pussy was a deed he didn't want captured on camera. The intention was to stay as inert and stoic as she could, no matter the provocation. And yet, as the stranger infiltrated her panties and spread her wet labia with his fingers, Veronica couldn't help but let a sigh of pleasure escape her throat. And that just encouraged him. He started sucking on her other tit, but much harder than the first. And as he made her nipple sore, he pushed his digits deep inside her cunt and started to vigorously finger-fuck her. She should have followed Sadie's instructions and leaned back to give the overhead camera a chance to see what was transpiring. But she was enjoying the double stimulation too much. She wanted her tits to be sucked hard while this man violated her with his fingers. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> the links to these titles can be found within the description. A full playlist of 12 stories can be found on our Patreon. Time for our spotlight on erotica authors. At this time, we're joined by the star-recommended erotica writer, Lacey Cross. Hello, Lacey. We didn't manage to interview you on the back of your winning our star recommendation several months ago. And now, we are close to the end of the year. How did you find 2022? <laughs> yeah, so thank you very much for having me. And I said that we weren't able to do the interview before, but I'm glad it's working out this time. So, <laughs> so, oh my God. So I don't even know where to start with how 2022's gone for me. Oh, so 2022 has been kind of a wild ride. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll think we'll go with that. <laughs> so yeah, 2022 has just been, it's been a wild ride. So I started publishing in January, 2021. So it, it hasn't even been two years now. And as we're doing this, I just put notice in with my work, with my day job. So by the time this airs, I'll be actually a full-time writer. So yay. So I would say halfway through the year, I got some advice on, you know, some people looked at my catalog and, and basically told me what I was doing good and what I wasn't. And, you know, I fixed some things that they recommended. And from that point, which actually I'll just be honest, was, was, <laughs> it was mostly my covers. I updated my covers. And, you know, after that, it's just been a pretty steady uphill since then. So 2022 has just been amazing. And... I never thought, you know, I don't even know what I thought when I started writing. I just, it was just kind of a whim. Like, I, I never dreamed to be a writer or anything. So for me to publish and then, you know, like two years later, I'm I'm going to be doing this full time. It's really crazy to me and just fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously at some point in the last two years, my dreams turned around and I was like, wow, I really do love doing this and I would love to do it as as my job. So I did start working towards that goal. So I'm not one of those authors that just like got anything, everything handed to me. Definitely not. 
But since 2020 has been just so amazing and now I'm hopefully going to have more time. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that 2023 is just even better. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what I can do with unlimited writing time. Well, as much as one can have unlimited writing time. I don't know. Can you tell us about your latest release? Where is it set and what is it about? Yeah, so my latest release. So as we're doing this, because <laughs> since I write short, like by the time this airs, I'm probably going to be like three books past this one. Maybe, maybe two. <laughs> anyway, so the latest one is Gratifying the Guys, which is part of my free use wedding party series. And that series has been really fun and interesting because it's probably, I would say it's now my most popular series. That one just seems to hit people well. I think they just like the premise of women who have these like crazy nights with a bunch of men. So um, basically what it is, is it's a bride and four bridesmaids. And book one is a bridesmaid getting locked out of the cabin at the bachelorette party. And she goes to the cabin next door and does a bunch of men, <laughs> like 10 of them. She thinks, I don't think she ever actually counts, gets the count, but it's a lot. <laughs> but um, so, and then book two is the bride. And it's, it's the bride heard about what the bridesmaid did and she got all jealous. So she told her fiance about it. And on their wedding night, his gift to her is some time with all the groomsmen. So in book three, the bridesmaid heard about what the other two did and got like super jealous. And then she wanted a night too. And it's just kind of like, they're interesting. So they're little stories where the woman is like doing free use stuff with her with her husband or fiance then it somehow leads to the woman having a gangbang the series came around or came about because i was talking with my author friend my author bestie friend <laughs> i was talking with my I was talking with my friend Kristen lance and i was joking with her that my best-selling book for almost a year was my shortest book and i kept trying to write longer but people just kept reading the short one and she was all, um, I think you should listen to yourself and try writing another short one. So um, so I'm not going to say that book one was a joke, but it was definitely like, well, fine, I'm just going to write an all-sex book and see what happens. And then, of course, the all-sex book hit very well. And then I was like, okay, I guess people just want all-sex. So <laughs> that's kind of where the series started. But book four is twice the size of book one. So that's just, that's just not me as a writer. <laughs> I, I definitely am more of a pantser. So things just kind of like go off the rail a lot. So book four is, um, it's actually my favorite probably because the, uh, gratifying the guys, I really liked the main character woman. Um, I introduced her in, in book three, pleasing the crowd. And when I wrote her in book three, I, I just, I knew I liked her. So I should have realized that book four was going to turn out longer than planned. But next month I'm writing book five and which, which probably is going to release right around when this comes out. So that one is going to be the final book in the series. And my goal is to make book five closer to book one because that really was the spirit that I was going for with the series. And I just kind of got off track. So we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one, I recommend people to check that series out because it's definitely well liked <laughs> of a lot of my recent things. Is it true that you also operate under the pen name Kira Keys? If so, why is this? If not, where did this story come from? Yeah, so I do have my pen name, Kyra Keys. 
And she's actually the pen name I started with back in January of 2021. And this is going to sound really stupid, but when I started, I was like, I don't know if I can write sex. Like, I'm, and I'm such a new writer because I had only started trying. I mean, yeah, I haven't written much in my life at all. And everything I did try just really sucked. <laughs> so, um, so two years ago when I started, I was like, I don't even know if I can write sex. So I was like, yeah, but if I'm writing alien sex, if people breed it and it's weird, it's fine because it's aliens, right? <laughs> so I started with Kyra and um, I didn't know what I was doing. My first cover was horrible. Like I really had no idea what I was doing. And it, Kyra stuff is all, it's all like erotic romance aliens, really short form. It's like my first stories are cute, but they're weird because I didn't do epilogues. And like the market that I'm hitting with those, they, they want longer stories. So people were finding me on Kyra. And then a lot of the comments were like, wow, this was really cute, but where's the rest of the story? Or like, this seems like chapter one. Where's the, where's the rest of the story? So, but it was like enough success. Like I released, I didn't have any social media. I didn't have any friends. Like, I don't, like, I just literally just was like, hey, let's write this book. And I shoved it on Amazon. And the first weekend I got some Kindle Unlimited reads and some sales. So, so I must've done something a little right, but you know, just from there, I just kept releasing. I was doing more of a fast release and not editing, which was a mistake because I'm such a new writer. I need an editor, definitely. So I eventually got those, went back and got those edited. So anyone who reads them from here on, it's all edited. But yeah, so the, the stuff that I'm releasing on Kyra now is longer. It's, it's longer than Lacey's stuff. And I'm doing epilogues and I'm, I'm doing alien stuff more right, but still super slutty. So, so I don't, it's, it's romance because they are definitely happily ever, happily ever afters and, um, usually heading to the altar. So, so, but just lots of sex. I think a recent review was the main character seems like a sex addict and all she wants to do is bang an alien. And I read that and I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that person pretty much got the story, but for them, that wasn't good. But for me, I was like, hey, sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, so Kyra, I have fun with, but I don't publish as often on her because her stories are longer. And then um, I just have so many things on Lacey that I've got planned. It's crazy. So, and then also <laughs> I, which, which will be happening shortly after this, I, I'm starting a third pen name. I wrote an erotic romance novel on Vela. And Kindle Vela is only available in the U.S. right now, but it's like chapter stories. So I wrote a novel over the course of a year and that one is finished and I've, I'm almost through the beta read period. And then I'm getting it re-edited again because it was edited once, but I'm going to change some stuff, edit again. And when I release that, it's going to be on a new pen name, which is going to be April Cross. And she's going to be my novel pen name plus mostly male female stories um i do have a vela story that will be released in ebook as sometime we're we're hoping march <laughs> but it's finished but it's on vela but that one is a collab story and that one is male male female but other than that 
um, I'm going to focus more on male-female novels going forward, but definitely erotic romance. So they're always going to have tons of sex because I try to sometimes not write sex and it always just turns into sex. So whatever. Obviously, I'm just, that's just me. <laughs> so... Style-wise, one of the most enjoyable things about your work is its universal appeal. By looking at your writing, you can tell your books would appeal to both women and men and couples alike. Was this something you were deliberately trying to achieve or a pleasant surprise? Okay, yeah. So, you really surprised me with this question. No one... I don't... How do I word this? So, I think that you are possibly the only one who's ever noticed this. I would say that it started out as a pleasant surprise, the universal appeal. Okay, so I've told this to other people before, but I'm going to be really honest here. I I didn't really even know the hot wife kink that well when I started. Um, I write things that I find personally hot and or things from my own life that turn into hot stories. You know, like I think most authors will take like little tiny slivers of real life something and expand upon it and turn it into like the fantasy version of what really happened. <laughs> but um, so that's kind of what I started with Lacey. But I was all like, you know, Hot Wife is definitely something that appeals to me. <laughs> and but I was definitely more writing the fantasy of Hot Wife, like from the woman's point of view. Oh my God, I say like too much. <laughs> so it was, it was, it's a fantasy from the woman's point of view. And I mostly do write woman's point of view. I only have two stories out there in, in the guy's point of view, but it, it's definitely the fantasy of this woman whose husband wants to share her. And that's basically where I go from in all my stories with Lacey. So, well, I can't say that all of them, but one series. So let's not even talk about my illicit desire series. Cause that's one's just, that's just not. <laughs> so we're going to go back to the thought. Okay. So mostly almost all my stories start with the idea of the husband's wanting to share the wife. And it's usually driven by the husband. The husband admits he has his fantasy or she talks about it. And the husband's like, yeah, this is really hot. So he wants to share her. And it's very much like a mutual decision. Um, you know, in my first ones, she didn't even know she wanted to do it until he mentioned it. And then she started looking at her bosses. <laughs> and then she's all like, okay, yeah, I could do this. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like where I start from. This, this woman whose husband wants to do this. So she, then she's able to embrace it. And then she's able to embrace her slutty side. And I didn't realize the universal appeal of that. So that was very, that was very not deliberate when I started out. I thought, I thought I was writing to women because the fantasies that I was writing is very much a fantasy of a lot of women. Like, and, and we're talking like not a fantasy, like we actually want to do this. Like with my book, Taking Them All, like I, I've, fairly certain that most women don't want to go into a cabin of 10 guys that they don't know and like fuck them all condomless <laughs> like like you know I joke with people because like the the personal safety issues alone in that book like but you know like it's just the fantasy like the fantasy of just letting yourself go and experiencing that and just being 
the slut that you let yourself be, like that's a pretty universal fantasy, I think, for a lot of women and a lot of women having a husband who embraces that as well. It's just a fantasy that sounds pretty damn nice. I mean, granted, reality probably is nowhere near as good as the fantasy, but, you know, it's it's an appealing fantasy. So I started writing thinking that I was writing for women, not knowing that hot wife is considered a guy kink. But because of that, I think that when people found me, my books appealed to a wide audience, as long as you enjoy multiple men. <laughs> um, so I just think that my books definitely appealed to guys who, who liked the idea of their wife being a super slut and embracing it. And they could get into the sexiness of that. And then women who found me were like, hell yeah, this is, this is good. So, so that's just kind of how I was writing. And then towards the beginning of the year, this year, I kind of found out more about how Hot Wife is actually, a, you know, considered a guy kink. And I had a very large guy audience. And just before that, I didn't really understand my audience because I had a, I had a split audience since I was working, you know, since I had Kyra, who aliens, sexy aliens is a woman audience. Um, not saying men and like anything I say is definitely generalized. Like I know that there's plenty of men who like erotic aliens, like definitely, but typically it's been a, it's a larger woman reading audience and, and based on feedback I get from reviews and, and emails, you know, the general, thing seems to be true for me. So, you know, Kyra always had a larger woman audience. And then I gradually realized that Lacey had a longer, a larger male audience, which I was like, okay, cool, whatever, you know, I can, I can deal with this. So I have a split audience. So I think that, you know, the growth of my pen names have been slow since I did have the split audience. But earlier this year, I joined an erotic romance collab. So at that point, I was still confused about my audience a little. I was still, I don't even know how to explain this all, but, um, but I still had like some confusion because I was writing BDSM, which again, tends, and this is all just generalizing, tends to be a woman audience, you know, like definitely men enjoy BDSM, but my BDSM books, the buying and the reading is different than the hot wife. So I can tell that there it's a different audience. I, but I joined an erotic romance collab writing a hot wife book, <laughs> which, which, you know, in hindsight, I don't think I would have done that. But well, actually, no, in hindsight, it was the smartest thing I ever did. But, um, but since the way that I write hot wife has a general appeal or a uni more of a universal appeal, because it's just filthy wife sharing <laughs> and everyone's happy, um, I got a large erotic romance following from that. And that basically is what helped me push to the next level. Um, so after that is when I realized, hey, my books actually do appeal to a lot of people. And from that point forward, it's definitely been more deliberate. But since that's just the way I write and the way I like to write, it isn't a struggle or it's nothing that I have to, I don't have to put a lot of active thought into it. But I do sometimes have to make some decisions because a lot of Hot Wife has a little bit of cuckold in it. And um, a lot of my Hot Wife readers, I think, would appreciate me doing a little more of that. But 
I do now make more of a deliberate decision not to do that, just because I, I am trying to make my stories have a universal appeal. But even just saying that, it's just I'm not I'm not a cuckold writer anyway. So me leaving that out isn't even really <laughs> that isn't even really an issue because I just I much prefer my husbands to be happy. Like I just want them to love it, even though I know that the cuckold guys love it. But I just want I don't want them to be sad in my books at any point. I just want everyone to have fun. So that's kind of where I go. But I didn't realize that someone looking at my catalog would be able to tell that. So that so that's why this this question is really interesting to me. <laughs> but thank you for asking that because that I don't know that pleases me. Like I don't know I find this very flattering. So thank you. <laughs> what would you say is the brand trait for a Lacey Cross title? What sort of things are you eager to remain consistent in providing your readers, content-wise? Yeah, so I do have a brand with Lacey, and and I've and I pretty much have touched on this, so I won't go into this too much detail because the thing that I do consistently is the fantasy. Other than my illicit desire series, which is very much different than the rest of my work. Um, which I guess, since I've mentioned it twice now, I should probably talk about that, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, also I should, I should, anyone listening to this, like I'm very open about having ADHD. So, um, I, I like, I can go off on tangents and it's just how I am. <laughs> so I'll stay focused here. Um, so the brand trait for Lacey is very much, um, the fantasy of everyone just having fun. Like when I read, personally, when I read erotica, I'm, I'm doing it for a break from my real life. I'm doing it to turn my mind off, to just read something fun and sexy and, you know, most likely to get a little, you know, tingle or whatever, <laughs> whatever, like whatever people are doing. I, you know, I, I have assumptions, but I don't necessarily need to know, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's that I'm trying to make people entertained. When they read my stuff, I want them entertained. I, I don't want them to have to like do deep thinking, though a couple of my books do have some underlying theme that I try to get across. And and I've actually seen some reviews to know that I did that. But um, mostly it's just entertainment. Like my brand for Lacey is like fulfilling fantasies, like your fantasy of whatever slutty fantasy it is, fulfilling your fantasy and everyone having a good time with it. And that is what I am very consistent in other <laughs> other than my illicit desire series. So, <laughs> so I guess I'm just going to it's not part of the question, but I'm just going to talk about illicit desires here for a second. So, last like oh gosh, August of 2021, over that summer I was kind of playing around with cheating stories. Because cheating stories are actually very popular. And I was I wasn't sure if I would like writing them, which newsflash I don't. Um, <laughs> I have a couple out there that I they just don't they don't resonate with me because it's not happy fun times for everyone, right? Because that's what I try to do and that's what I enjoy writing. So, but Illicit Desire started. I wrote it because one of my medium cheating stories was popular. So I was like, okay, I can expand on this idea. So it starts out cheating and then turns into like slightly cuckold a little, 
um, because the husband finds out about it. And then it turns more into a hot wife situation because he allows it. And then it's going to be, I'm still writing it. This is a long series for me. Um, But it's actually a continuing story. And I shouldn't have written it this way. I shouldn't have written it in different books because it's actually a novel. Each part just continues where the last one left off. But it's just a bunch of sex. Like, that's all I write. It's just a bunch of sex. (laughs) I I might as well be honest. Okay, so... The story has progressed now to being more of a male, male, female, but it's, it's BDSM as well. So it's just, it doesn't necessarily fit with Lacey's catalog. So I'm actually going to move it to the new pen name, April Cross, um, or at least I'm going to put, put a joint pen name on that because it's going to fit more into the erotic romance with April Cross. So it's going to probably be the joint pen name with both of them. When I'm done with it, which I actually have a writing schedule now, so I'm actually going to get it done. The the plan, which hopefully has happened by the time this airs, is to have book seven out. So so if if you're listening to this and everything went as planned, book seven will have already been released. Um, But I have not told anyone the release date because I don't want to put that pressure on myself. So me me and due dates don't do well. The, the new year is going to include less pre-orders with deadlines like that because I just don't work well with deadlines. So, <laughs> but hopefully book seven is released now and, um, and then book eight and book nine are just going to, I'm going to try to do them January and February. So then I'll be done with the series in February, which the people who've read it and like that have definitely been waiting a very long time for the series to finish. So if you're listening to this, I swear to God, I'm planning on finishing it. (laughs) So, you know, but that one is definitely deeper emotions than a lot of my other stories. It just, there's the cheating aspect of it is very deep emotions. Um, It's, you know, it's a couple finding out that they're adding another person into the mix and it's hard for me to write the the motion the emotional part has been very difficult which after writing that I'm like wow like horror writers or dark romance writers I don't I don't see how they can do it like it's just I find it very draining but the end result is really good so I can see the appeal and why the stories are good but for me I'm just not a dark emotion writer I I want fun (laughs) I want I want to be like not tapping into the darker side of myself when I'm writing so for the people who read my stuff if you run into illicit desires that series is definitely more not (laughs) it's definitely different than my other stuff but also different in a good way like it's, it's a very popular series. So, you know, if, if you like the darker stuff, I would definitely say book one is Emily's Secret Dom. I would definitely say, you know, hey, check that out. <laughs> Let's talk collaborations. You've had quite a few. Who have you been working with? And what did you get from those experiences? Did you learn something new about yourself and your writing doing this? Yeah, so I love collaborations. And clearly, since I joined that, I said that I joined that one erotic romance collaboration and it kind of helped launch me better. Obviously, collaborations definitely are good for authors. So with collaborations, I've actually done, there's different types and I've done three different types now. 
actually four different types. <laughs> so I started out doing ones where they were anthologies, where we were all writing short stories and bundling them all together in one title and releasing that way. And those are good, but um, they're not they're not what I prefer anymore. I think those ones are good if you guys have a very short term goal or you're really trying to get your name out there with like 20 other authors. So those ones that I did, um, and I, and I actually ran them, so they probably could have been run better, <laughs> but, um, you know, they're just not, that's not my preferred way of doing it anymore. So the collaborations that I like is where it's like 20 authors each releasing their own book, but we get them tied into a series. So they have a common theme and it's like one releasing every day for the month. So those are the ones that I really like doing. And then also I collaborated with a Vela story, which is a chapter story, with Kristen Lance and Alec Lake. It was male, male, female. So we each wrote the point of view of one character and I wrote the wife. And that one was really fun. Oh, that's probably my preferred way to do collabs. Like, cause you have three authors and we kind of had like, we had plotted it out loosely and it was gonna be, I think like 30K. We said, we were just kind of like testing it. And it turned into like 73K or something at the end. It just kept, it kept going in weird directions. <laughs> like by chapter three, we were already off the plan because Kristen, I remember she messaged me and she was like, oh yeah, by the way, um, my dude's got a daughter. And she's like, she just showed up. And like, we didn't plan the daughter. She's like, he just showed, she just showed up. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. He's got a daughter now. So, um, you know, that's kind of like the, how the whole story went. We had like a plan. We had planned, we had plotted up to like chapter 10 by chapter two, we were already off the plot. And so we just had to keep on correcting course because each author was writing an episode and then we kind of like, we're like, okay, you've got it. We've got to hit this, this theme in the episode. But then what the person actually wrote was sometimes very far off what we wanted. <laughs> so it was just like three pantsing authors just getting together and just like writing this novel that just, I don't know, it's just kind of cool. It was like really fun. And, you know, they would share their chapter and then I would read it and then it would be like, oh, like, that it's like, it's not what I would have written, but since what they wrote just worked because we were all doing our own character and our own point of view. And it was just really fun. Just, just the whole collaborative aspect of that was fun. But one struggle with that type of writing is getting three authors to have the time, <laughs> um, which uh, it's the Vela story has been finished for several months. And we went through a beta read period with that and we're planning on editing it and, re -re and releasing it on ebook. But getting three busy authors to like go back over the story and edit it has just been, it's been crazy. So <laughs> that's a New Year's resolution plan. I really want to get that published, especially because that one is also going on the new pen name because it's male, male, female erotic romance. So so yeah, so that, that new pen name has at least three stories <laughs> already planned on it. Plus I'm writing another erotic romance fella that's going to go on that pen name as well. But the thing that I get out of collaborations is sometimes it's money. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Sometimes um, the collaborations do really well and it's a financial success. But I just think that one of the best things about being an erotica author is the erotica author community. 
I've made so many friends in the last two years and the help that people give each other. We have erotica writer discords. So like if you, if you're having, if you're struggling, like you can get advice, like you can say, Hey, you know, this cover, what do you guys think? And people will be like, yay or nay, you know? And the collaborations are just like that. It's, it's, it's authors working together for a common goal. And I just, I'm a very social person online. So I don't think that I could ever write in my own little bubble and never contact or talk to anyone. So I think that these collaborations give me the social aspect of writing that I miss from having a day job. You know, because there is that aspect as well. When you have a day job, you have social interaction with people. You know, you talk to someone other than your household. <laughs> so I think that that is something that I definitely get from these collaborations. And something that I learned about myself from doing these collaborations is that I write just a lot of sex. <laughs> like, like you know, like we we join these discords and... Um, for the collaborations and people talk about their their plots and what's happening and I recently did one um that was a comic-con everyone is going to a comic-con and mine was literally like people were talking about how they were going to do they're doing karaoke and all these other booths and like all these things that are happening at the con and I'm like um my woman like walks into the con sees this guy who's really hot and cosplaying and like it's later that night and she's like doing him like like there's just like I, I you know I mentioned a few things at the con but it's like I definitely was not focused on the con which I've I've come to realize is most of my stories like I'm I've also doing a hot wife holiday one and you know some people are like oh this is happening this is happening and like these complicated things and then I'm like Oh, like she's no, my girl's walking into a holiday party. She's gonna like see Santa and decide she wants to be like riding his pole. Like, you know, so I think that I'm realizing that I write a lot of sex and my plots are very thin, usually. So, um, and actually, when I don't have thin plots, I get complaints. So I'm more embracing that. I'm just like, whatever. Like, I'm embracing it. So if my stories from here on out are even sluttier than before, it's just, I'm embracing it. <laughs> so, but I, I guess I just didn't, um, I didn't realize that that's how I wrote until I joined collabs and saw other people's process and how they were weaving in details about the world and all of, all of this stuff. I just didn't know that I just was very light on details. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So if you read my books, if you haven't before, um, don't read them for like deep plot or anything. <laughs> like Most of them don't. So yeah, I enjoy collabs. But for 2023, my focus is doing more collabs that are definitely more targeted towards my goals. I have done some collabs in the past that didn't necessarily fit my catalog well, like the erotic romance one I joined. But I think that going forward, because there's so many collab options out there, you kind of have to, you have to actually like choose and like be picky or like not picky is not the word, but just, 
I can't do everything. That's what I'm accepting. I just, I don't have time in my life for everything. So I'm going to have to be more selective in what I do in the future. So that's a, that's a 2023 me problem, <laughs> but, but I am working on a holiday hot wife one that is fun. And I think that, um, the collab is going to be, is going to be a good one. If you enjoy hot wife books. You've been name dropped on this podcast a lot by other erotica writers. Do you ever hear what they've said? Are some of these writers people you've likely to have worked with or have had working relationships with? <laughs> wow, I've been name dropped a lot. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, I don't. Oh, I guess I mean I don't. I don't know what a lot is. But um, so, I knew that Alec Lake name dropped me, who was on last month's podcast. Actually, I I listened to his podcast and I was like. I think that dude talked more about me than himself. Like, I was like, I've got a fan. <laughs> like, not that I, I mean, I knew he was a fan, but he's actually my beta reader. So if you ever see me in my books thanking my beta reader, it's like almost always him. <laughs> um, he, uh, I met him very shortly after I started Lacey's pen name. He was writing some little short hot wife things on, on Twitter. And I met him that way because I was like, you know, dude, you should be writing longer stories. <laughs> like, like not these little hot little things on Twitter, like actually like write stories. So he's just been like my constant friend that always tells me that my stories are good. Even, I don't know, even when I don't think they are, or he's, I mean, he's probably wrong part of the time, <laughs> but, but like everyone needs that cheerleader. Like they need the one friend who's going to read their stuff and be all like, oh my God, that's, this is great. Like, you know, Authors, we don't necessarily get tons of feedback all the time. So having just one person who wants to read your stuff, who is all like, this is hot, this is great. And I don't know, it's pretty invaluable as an author. So he's that, he's my beta reader friend, who's always very much my cheerleader telling me my stuff is hot. So yeah, so I knew he was a fan. Well, and also not, so, okay, not just a fan. He's actually given me input on things. Things there's things that I've written that are not, and I and I've said this before to other people, or I think I did it in another interview. Like, I'm not a dominant male. Like, I mean, I, listen to me. I'm obviously not a dominant male. So, some of my BDSM books that I wrote, I was just like, is this Dom guy even sound realistic? Like, I'm just like, I don't like you know writers. We don't know everything. Um, so he definitely was a very good feedback person, or he helped me in directions and in illicit desires. And okay, spoiler alert, clear, like if you haven't listened to this and you actually care about spoilers, I'm going to give a tiny spoiler, but there is a male male scene in there. And I really, really struggled to write that because I was like, hey, I'm not a guy. I've never experienced a job. Like, like how, like, I don't know. Like I, I, I really froze up on that scene. Cause I was like, how do I even write this? Like, I don't know how it feels like, like it was just, I froze, I froze. Let's just, we'll put it that way. Like I spent like four days stewing about this one scene. And I finally admitted to Alec what the problem was. And then he was all like, okay, I can help with this. So, so he does, he actually does more than just beta read. Sometimes he definitely is someone who I bounce ideas off of as well. So I wasn't surprised that he name dropped me though. 
I was surprised at how much he name dropped me. Um, but I listen to them if I'm told about it. So though I have caught your podcast more than just that, but like you guys had Guy White on your podcast and someone was like, Hey, Guy White just mentioned you on the podcast. So I was like, what? So I, I listened to that just cause I was like, okay, let's see what, let's see what someone's saying about me. So I'm not necessarily clued in to like, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of different podcasts. So I don't, and I, and unfortunately I can't listen to podcasts while I write. So, you know, it's like one or the other. So I've been, I'm, I'm busy a lot. So I don't listen to like every single podcast that I can, but when people tell me that I've been mentioned on a podcast, I definitely listen at that point. So here you go. The moral of the story is if Lacey gets mentioned on a podcast, tell me about it because then I listen. So Alec Lake mentioning me obviously was not a surprise, but um, like Guy White at that point, I hadn't, I hadn't worked with him. I talked to him, but I can't think of anything that we'd actually worked on together. So that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting to be name dropped, which now people are going to be going to Guy White and say, be like, Hey, you were name dropped. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like how it works. But so I'm assuming that when I do get name dropped, there are, they are people who I've talked with. I do have a large friendship circle in the erotica world. Mostly from Twitter. I'll be sad if Twitter goes because it's a great way to make friends in the erotica writing community. Yeah, so basically, long story short, because like I said, nothing's ever really short for me. <laughs> but long story short is I'm guessing that when people mention me, I know them because I do work with a lot of people as well as I help a lot of people start newsletters. That's kind of that's kind of been my thing. I have resources or access to resources that help people get started with that. Because a newsletter as an erotica writer is a very, it's overwhelming. It, it, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it's very overwhelming when you don't, when you don't have one and you don't know where to start. So that's, that's something that I've helped a lot of people with. And because of that, I've made a lot of friends, which tip, if you don't have a newsletter and you're an erotica writer, definitely start one. I think newsletters are amazing. And the recent thing with social media um, shows that doing newsletters and having access to your audience that is not on social media is pretty important. So that is a huge benefit because you don't know, like you could wake up tomorrow and some major social media website could be closed. And then if that's where you were communicating with your fan base, like, that's it. How are they going to find you? Or, I mean, you know, obviously they, they can find your stuff, but, <laughs> you know, like it takes extra work for them. So I, de so I definitely recommend newsletters. And if, and if you're a writer and you're like, how do I start this? Just like ask on Twitter, literally hashtag erotica writers, new line. I really want to start a newsletter. How do I go about this? And I guarantee you that someone will get you some info because <laughs> um, I've actually been tagged. Like They're like, I don't, they're like, Lacey Cross has some info for you. So, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a way. So yeah, so start a newsletter. <laughs> Which erotica authors do you think we should be looking out for? And no pressure. Oh, the pressure. <laughs> okay. So I have a lot. Oh, so one of my problems since I was doing the two jobs and 
well, the day job and then the two pen names and all that. I haven't had as much time to read as I've wanted to lately. Um, well, in the last two years, just definitely not. Before I used to, I was, I read so much. But um, so generally now, if I read, it's short stuff. So I'm sure that there are tons and tons of great writers out there who write longer. But for me right now, if it's more than like 15K, I'm I'm probably not going to pick it up. <laughs> um, hopefully in the new year, I will. <laughs> we'll see. But um, so any of my recommendations are people who are more writing short stuff. So clearly I'm a huge fan of Alec Lake. His stuff is just, is different. It's different. He's... I mean, obviously we all write different, but something about his writing, I really like, I don't know. I like his style. Also, I think everyone should be reading Kristen Lance. <laughs> and this is not just because she's my writing bestie. Um, her stuff, she hits that the really good humor aspect in almost all of her stories. So the things that I've read of hers, I just, I really love the humor aspect and the romantic aspect as well. So uh, she writes male, male, female, but she also has an alien pen name, <laughs> Kaylee Pike. And, um, oh my God, that's just, that's another whole funny story. I, she joined an alien club with me. I told her she had to write male, female. She couldn't do two alien men. And then she made her aliens have two cocks to get around my rules so so she's just that kind of friend like she's just hilarious and I like her writing so I think that she's some she's someone that if you enjoy male male female and humor you should check Kristen Lance out for newer writers I've read a couple of Hank Dolworth stories um he has an eclectic catalog <laughs> but he wrote two BDSM books that I really liked Entangled and In Knots so I think he's one that people should check out also Kevin Jackson he wrote a Halloween hot wife story that I really liked and I swear to god it had nothing to do with the fact that there was a librarian named Lacey who was reading an alien book in it I swear to god it's just a good story <laughs> and then um and then in the hot wife stuff, there's also Zoe Adams. Um, she's a newer hot wife writer, but she's been she's been writing a lot. Um, I've read a couple of her books, and she's her stuff is her stuff is hot. I like her stuff. So um, she's another one that I would say you know if you like hot wife, check out Zoe Adams. There's also Anya Knightley in the hot wife area. She writes. She's she's got a gangbang book out that I read recently that I really liked. So she's another one that I say that if you like Hot Wife, check out Anya Knightley. Oh, oh, yeah. So I can't forget this one. I was just, I was sitting here thinking, I know there's other authors. So <laughs> Latrexa Nova is another one. Um, I had never read any of her stuff. And I didn't really know much about her until she joined um, the Alien Clap that I'm running. And all I knew was that she had a, a erotic romance background because that was that was basically my requirement for the collab. So she commented that she she got a couple of interesting reviews on her first alien book. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, maybe I better read this book, see what's going on. And I read her first and it's called I Fake Married an Alien Bounty Hunter. So I read that book and I'm like, 
Okay, this is like super different, but I am so down for this. <laughs> like it was not, it was just like, it was like nonstop action, which I generally don't like in books. I like downtime. <laughs> so, um, but this one was like nonstop action. And like at one point, like there was a bit of public sex in it. And I was just like, this is like messed up, but in a really good way. So I really recommend her. Her stuff is different and like weird, but weird in a really good way. <laughs> and she was also in a holiday collab or a Halloween collab that Kristen Lance was running. And her Halloween book, actually, I, if I remember correctly, it was like mentioned in a podcast or something. It was, she got a lot of attention with it because a lot of people liked it and they just thought it was great. So um, that book of hers is called Halloween Spirit, which I haven't had a chance to read yet. And, but it's definitely on my to read list because that one seems like people really liked it. So, but if like, if you, and if you go online and look at her Amazon catalog, her stuff is like, I don't know. It's just weird. You can just tell from the covers that it's weird. Like she's got one called Cookies and Cream, which is a dude with a gingerbread head. So like it's called a spicy Christmas magic story. So like, I'm just like, okay, I'm down with this idea. So <laughs> I definitely say to look, check Latrexa Nova, L-A-T-R-E-X-A Nova. And then also last person I'll mention. <laughs> so this is going to be like five people who are told to listen to this podcast. Steph Brothers. So Steph is another one of my closest writing friends, and she's the one who's basically helped me with all of my covers. Um, I help her with stuff and then she helps me with covers. So it's kind of like a nice little, I scratch your back, you scratch mine sort of thing going on there. So, um, so all of my sexy covers are because of her, but I think that she, her, the books that I've read, which I've read quite a few because she writes short. So I just think that she's an, like an underrated writer. Like, I think that she's really good at getting me invested in the story really early. And I've told her this, I, I, I'd like, I wish that some of her stories would be longer. <laughs> so like one of her age gap ones, there was one I had to read cause it was named Lacey, but like, she got me all wrapped up in the story. And then, you know, when it was done, I was like, wait a second, I wanted more. I wanted to read more about Lacey. So if the person's named Lacey in the book, like if I see that and it's something that looks like it would be interesting to me, I, I tend to read books with the name Lacey just for the fun of it. <laughs> so there's that as well. So I read her Lacey one and she's got some hot wife stuff and, and, um, she's very good at rap getting me hooked early in the book. Like one of hers is like a church wife who like sins and goes bad. Like I'm down with that idea. <laughs> so like, she, I don't know, like a lot of her, a lot of the things that she writes appeals to me. And um, so if you like short stuff, but also ones that have a little more story to them as well, she's she's one that I would say check out. And then I could go on. Like I said, I have a lot of friends, but <laughs> we'll call that good. <laughs> so that those are the ones that I would I would say to look for. What are you working on now? Right now I'm working on my Christmas hot wife story and that one will be out December 1st. So that one is going well. And then after I wrap it up, I'm going to be working on a secret project book that I don't want to reveal in case it doesn't happen. <laughs> but, and then after the secret project, the next gangbang book. And then also I've got my next alien book that I'm working on, which is called 
Alien Love Games, Deep Vibrations. It's about it's about two singers. So, and actually, I love writing about singers. So, this this book's fun. Can we get a preview? So, for a preview, my hot wife Christmas one is not at the point that I can give anyone a preview. <laughs> I was I was sick while writing part of it, so I need to definitely do some heavy editing. I don't even know. I'm, I'm afraid to go back and edit that. that. But um, so I can give you a preview of Gratifying the Guys. So that one, and that was the fun one, the, the gangbang book. <laughs> so this is a, an excerpt from Gratifying the Guys, but just to warn you, I'm definitely not a professional narrator. So this is just me. Did you like the wedding last night? He asks. I shrug. It was fun. Vanessa and Mason looked happy. I take a sip of water and almost spit it out at his next question. Do you know what free use is? He asks casually, like he just heard about a new trend on social media. My mind goes blank. I know exactly what it is from Vanessa and my other friend Nadia, but what does he know about it? Um, yes, but I've never done it or even thought of doing it, so... Yeah, that's a lie. As soon as Nadia told me she and her husband had been messing around with free-use weekends, I researched the kink. I've been fantasizing doing about it with Sebastian. I'm just so dang busy. I don't have time to give up a weekend to let him use me whenever he wants. He shovels the last bit of egg into his mouth and gets up to put his dirty dishes in the sink. When he comes back to the table, he leans in, his lips mere inches from my ear, and speaks softly. Would you like to be my free-use slut? His breath on my neck sudden shivers through me, and I match the tone of his voice, whispering yes. I'm not done eating, but the food is all but forgotten as I tilt my head up. He searches my face as if he's trying to determine whether I'm serious. A low hum of desire burns in me. I'll do whatever it takes to get his wonderful cock inside me today. He peers down at my chest and then back up, making me fidget. The guys were talking about it at the wedding. Can we try it today? He asks hoarsely, knowing he was probably talking to Nadia's husband and possibly the groomsman from last night who fucked Vanessa gives me a rush. I've heard tales from the woman's side of the story, and I wonder what their hubbies told Sebastian. Not that it matters as long as he fucks me. My voice sounds breathy when I answer, yes, but only today. I have classwork to finish tomorrow. Even as I tell him I'm busy, I know that if he woke me up tomorrow morning by fucking me, I'd lie there, loving it. He kisses my temple, then finish eating so I can use you. I grin and take a big bite of egg and chew dramatically. I expect him to do something else, but he stays where he is watching me like a hawk. A flush creeps up my neck and it's difficult to swallow. Is he going to stand there the entire time? It seems like he's toying with me and my pussy throbs in response to remind me that we enjoy being toyed with. There's no way I'm going to finish my food, so I stand up and push my chair in. He'll probably drag me to the bedroom as soon as I set the plate in the sink. Before I can pick up my dishes, he steps behind me and applies pressure to my shoulder, forcing me to bend over the table directly onto my dirty plate. Uh, what the fuck? He removes the glass of water and sets it on the counter, and I stay smushed onto the plate. This is a new experience. He's never shoved me into food before. 
Is this even sexy? When he comes back, he forces his hardness against my ass. His hands slide under my shirt, around the sides, and he lifts me up a little and cups my breasts through my sports bra. Okay, I take it back. This is hot. I whimper, and my pussy lights up as he removes his hand from my shirt and presses me back down onto the wooden surface. Why is this turning me on? I wiggle against one of his hands as he skims it over my stretch pants and rubs me between my legs. I gasp when he spanks me hard, and the sharp pleasure makes me tingle. Don't move. Pretend like I'm doing nothing. Um, I'm squished against my unfinished breakfast, and I'm supposed to pretend nothing out of the ordinary is going on? He nudges his cock against my ass again, and I arch my back and moan loudly. Please. When he slaps my ass again, I whimper. Oh shit, he's going to do it again. My body trembles as anticipation builds. Baby doll, you don't seem to understand. You're my fuck toy today, and I told you to pretend nothing is going on. Desire ripples through me. I think too much all the time, and the rare occasions I can let go and become a fuck toy are amazing. Maybe free use will get me in the right mindset to shut my brain off. His fingers slip into the waistband of my pants and panties and drag them down. He only gets them as far down as my knees before stopping. I'm still wearing my running shoes, so getting them off my feet would have been a challenge. I moan from arousal as he slides his hands between my legs and rubs my clit. He presses two fingers into my pussy. Do you realize the power you gave me today? I moan louder, but don't answer. He continues, I'm going to use you whenever I want, however I want, wherever I want, and you're going to just take it. Oh fuck, that's hot. My head spins as he finger fucks me roughly. Spikes of bliss swirl in my stomach, and I peep out in distress when he pulls his hand away. Damn it, it was just getting good. He tugs on my shoulder, indicating he wants me to stand, and the plate sticks to my shirt for a moment and clatters to the table as I rise. My shirt is a fucking mess, and I almost laugh while he turns me around to face him. He lifts my chin with his hand and stares at me intensely as he steps close enough that his cock presses against my stomach. While I was bent over, he removed the apron and pulled his boxers down far enough to free Willie, and his skin is warm and smooth. Sebastian crushes his lips to mine, and I open up and welcome his seeking tongue. He holds me against him, kissing me with such passion, and I feel dizzy from the lack of oxygen. When he breaks off the kiss, he says, You are a free use slut. Now say it. I nod as a shimmer of yearning grips me. I need his cock so bad. Say it, he commands. I'm a free use slut. Good girl. I almost moan at his approval. I glance over my shoulder at the mess we made of the table and squeal when he picks me up and sets me on the edge. He removes my sneakers one by one, dropping them to the floor with a thud and pulls my pants and panties off the rest of the way. Put your foot on the chair and spread your legs, he orders, and I immediately obey. I'm usually the dominant one in our sexual play, and I'm loving this side of him. Who knew my sweet buttercup had a tiger lurking in him? He rubs my clit with his fingers again, and I cry out. I'm already wet and desperate for him. He pushes two fingers inside me, and I jerk against him, aching for more. He pushes my knees further apart and removes his hand, replacing it with the tip of his cock. As he sinks into me, my body instinctively clenches around him. Oh, God. He grins wickedly at my reaction. Does my free you slut like this? 
Calling me his free use slut and not by my name sinks me further into the mindset I crave. Yes, yes, I groan as I grip the edge of the table and rotate my hips trying to rub his shaft against my cave walls. He pushes me down until I'm on my back as he strokes in and out. My dirty plate is half under me, but I don't care. My whole body is buzzing as pleasure builds in my core and I whimper with each movement. He grabs a hold of my hips as he speeds up and starts talking dirty. Does my fuck toy like this? He doesn't give me time to response and hammers against me. Your pussy feels so damn good. I moan yes. Is my slut ready to come? I squeeze my eyes shut and hold onto the edge of the table firmly, rocking my hips with every deep plunge of his cock. I'm so close, and when he thrusts harder, I moan yes in one long breath. I don't want him to stop, and I chant fuck me as my thigh muscles tense, welcoming the bliss. He's fucking me so hard the table squeaks, and my sighs and moans join his panting as I spiral higher and higher. I'm almost lost in delight when he says, come for me, baby doll. I scream out, oh, my God, as my orgasm rips through me. My heart is racing as I luxuriate in the sweet sensation. A few more strokes later, he groans and his cock twitches while he blows his load. He shudders and pumps into me as I drift in a haze of sexual delight. When he pulls out, I take a few seconds to realize he's done with me. I lift my lashes and he's gazing down at me with love. Wow, I murmur softly. Baby doll, this is only the beginning. I've got all day to use you. Desire races through my veins as I grin at him. Sounds good to me. How can we follow Lacey Cross? What social platforms are you active on? To follow me, um, I'm on Twitter. I have a Facebook group. But really, the probably the best way to follow me is my newsletter. Because, A, you get free erotica. But then also, you get my newsletter. So you get to see what's upcoming and everything. But the way to find all my links is through my website. So just Lacey hyphen cross.com that will get you to all my places that will get you if you want to join my reader group on facebook or my twitter i do have instagram to find the links to where you want to follow me that's the place to go thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah so thank you for having me and sorry for going off on 20 million tangents like i am right now but <laughs> this has been fun and i'm glad that you guys invited me again after i wasn't able to do it last time and um, I hope the listeners enjoy this. <laughs> so thank you. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Let's have another two erotica shorts from our Christmas cracker promotion. Remember to check out the links to get you some more. Enjoy. Hello there. This is Celine F. Riley, purveyor of romance in the sci-fi and thriller genres. However, I also dabble in down and dirty erotica. Challenge Accepted at the Con is a story about a loving couple with a hot wife, her exploration of her desires, and the joys of cosplay. It's my contribution to a sexy, nerdy collab, all taking place at the Fan Triple Expo, the sexiest, nerdiest comic book convention around. I hope you enjoy. Do you expect me to talk? I stood over the splayed-out body of my husband. He was still fully dressed in black slacks, a black polo shirt. Hands and feet bound to each corner of the bed, he stared up at me. Green eyes, pleading, but not for release. Well, not for release from the flimsy restraints, anyway. No, Mr. Bond. 
I hold on a dramatic pause. I wished I had a large, fluffy white cat next to me to truly complete the scene. I expect you to die. The urge to let out a maniacal laugh was strong, but I kept it in check. This isn't Austin Powers, after all. Although I do love me some camp. Maybe later, when I pull out my Julie Andrews Catwoman suit. No, this little diversion wasn't about mugging it up and all that. It was all about that bulge pressing against my husband's pants zipper. As my husband looked over my body, dressed only in black lace, panties, and a matching bra, I could see that bulge twitch and grow some more. Then why not just get it over with already? His voice strained, trying to ride the line between playing the part and pleading for me to release his cock. It had been a while since we had the opportunity to do something like this, to play up our little scene. I'd forgotten how much I loved this. And looking at his face, flushed with excitement and need, he loved it too. His eyes were full of lust, even a sweat formed above his brow, pinning his hair to his forehead. I bent over and brushed a hot kiss into his ear. His breath hitches and he closed his eyes. Watching him laying there, fake struggling, I can't help but chuckle. If we'd been on time, this wouldn't be happening. We arrived at the Fan Triple Expo a bit late on opening day. Too late to hit up panels. A day too early for any big events. So what do you do when you have extra time on your hands? Touristy stuff? Nah, that can come later. Now, what we do is reenact-ish. A scene from my hubby's favorite Bond film. Only with our own little twist. Speaking of twists... He twists and shifts his body on the bed, as if helpless and unable to escape. I could pull him free in half a second, but what would be the fun in that? Instead, I prefer the fun I feel right now, as I crawl onto the bed and straddle his fully clothed body, his prominent bulge desperate to be inside me. Oh no, sweetie, not yet. I grind my body against his and we both moan as I move. The memory of our bodies moving like this before feeds our anticipation of doing it again and again. I leaned forward and kissed his cheek, not yet giving him the taste of my lips on his. Kisses down his jawline and neck follow, with a firm grinding of my pelvis down into his. I let out a gasp of pleasure which only stoked his desire further. He opened his eyes and looked up into mine. I knew that look all too well. He was loving every second of this, and plotting what he was going to do when it was my turn in the restraints. God, I love this man. I sit back, rocking my pelvis against his, my body getting more heated by the second. On the other hand... Maybe I can get you to talk. A deep grind of my pelvis against his and we each groan. A slight breeze from the air conditioner crosses my skin. My nipples hardened immediately. I unhook my bra to reveal my breasts, and I see him give an eager smile. I wish I was more of a hard-ass, but I'm just not. 
I'm as eager as he is, and he knows it. I lean forward and press my lips to his. His whole body reacts instinctively and arches as if he wants to take me in his arms. And with those flimsy ties on his arms, he could easily get free and do it. I lean forward and guide his lips to my breast. I can't help but whimper a little when he takes it into his mouth. Hi, I'm Delana Rose, and in a moment you'll be listening to a scene from Uncaging My Cockhold. My husband always wanted a young, hot wife. Now he wants me to be a hot wife to his friends. The rules are simple. If he wants the key to his cock cage, he has to watch me with his friends who like to think of themselves as the big, swinging dicks. But what happens if he can't watch? And what happens if I don't want to stop at one turn each? That's Uncaging My Cockhold. Enjoy. Are you too lazy to work me, Bomb? I whispered his name as if it was the dirtiest sexual position imaginable. Or are you going to give me an orgasm to remember? He didn't answer with words, parting my thighs and fingering all around my wetness while kissing his way up and down my neck. But I pulled away when he got close to my lips. Boundaries. No one kisses me other than my husband. Stopping, he looked to Caleb and then to me. Nodding, he said, Duly noted, as long as you let me kiss you everywhere else. If anything, being denied kisses made him work harder. His fingers pulled and released the gold chain G-string until I realized the woman whimpering over the music was me. Tell me when you want to watch my cum drip down those long legs, he said. Roughly pulling the chain until the locket was hard against my clit. Again. Who the hell had invented this torture? I didn't answer. My husband was standing underneath a sign pointing to the restroom. If I was going to act as a cock-starved hot wife, anywhere with mirrors would do. Knowing no one was inside, I led Bohm past my husband into the woman's restroom my cape negating the need for him to adjust or hide his erection. With my husband standing guard at the door, I pushed Bohm against the tiled wall and dropped to my knees. Bohm's cock was still waving through the gap in his trousers, erect and glistening with pre-cum. I fisted the beautiful cock before slapping it across my lips, resisting the urge to taste. My husband was first to start groaning, his pain and lust obvious as he cupped his own caged cock. Bohm twisted my head away from our audience. Focus and suck my cock. My husband could have told him I didn't like being told what to do, but something about being on my knees in a bathroom made taking instructions my newest kink. I wanted to be dirty. I wanted to be treated like a dirty whore. I wanted Bohm to tell me what to do and make me do it. With two hands wrapped around his length, I teased Bohm with light kisses and licks until he grabbed my hair and shoved my face to his hips. I didn't have a choice. My hands fell away and his cock was rammed so far down my throat I thought I was going to orgasm on impact. I didn't let him go. 
I inhaled his cock, sucking it until I felt my cheeks concave and my jaw almost lock. I loved the way his cock filled me, stretched me, gave me a challenge I wanted to win. Each time he tried to thrust, I sucked deeper so he couldn't withdraw even an inch. I wanted to punish him for making me feel like his dirty, cock-sucking whore. I wanted his cock. I wanted him to come over my face and mark me while my husband watched. Oh, yeah. Swallow it, baby. Swallow it. I would have given anything for the strength to stop, stand, and walk away. But in this moment, all I wanted was to wear him like a badge of honor. His hips bucked so hard I almost fell backward. But he gripped my head before shoving his cock down my throat and releasing. I kept sucking and swallowing as hard as he gushed. I didn't have time to think about Caleb or my own needs. I could only savor the deliciousness of Bum's cum and proudly swallow almost every drop. When Bohm pulled me to my feet, I reached up to wipe the droplets from my chin, but he held my wrists and turned me towards my husband. Caleb's dark blue eyes shone in the way I loved right before he slid his bare cock into my wet and willing pussy. He was my caged animal, and I had the only key. I was Caleb's hot wife, not Bohm's side piece. Taking control, I pushed aside the hand towels and rested against the bench, undoing my cape so both men had the full impact of the red lace bodysuit. I pulled at the fabric until my clit throbbed with the pressure from the locket. Was the best you've got? I challenged. Or does my husband have to finish me off? You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> As promised, we're joined by our creative director, Derek, to learn what he thinks about the books that were submitted for review in 2022. Hi, Derek. Hi. What were your sleeper picks for this year? Books that went under the radar. Honestly, Avril, I don't know where to stop. I'm one of the rare people who gets to read all the books which are submitted for review on the show. This year we had around about 31 books up for review and the quality was pretty great. So in regards to identifying the sleepers, these are the great books which we didn't really acknowledge with a star recommendation this year. I would say the books you want to look out for are Cross by Ian Snow, The Hotel Gold Card Service by Anne Appleton, and Wearing You Down by Jordan LeBeau. All great reads. If you've got some spare time, you want to go out, try and source them and read them, you will enjoy those books. Who do you think are the most promising authors you'd be keeping an eye out for? In regards to the most promising writers that I think we can expect big things from in 2023, I would keep an eye out on Mark Adams, who shown lots of skill and potential in the compilation piece that he submitted for review last summer. Also in this category, Meg 
Wood, the writer of Seeds of Darker Conquest. I think she's very talented and very driven and is going to find a lot of success also. Melanie Russell is another one that could probably do big things too. I think she showed a lot of potential as well. All great writers. And your favourites? I think my absolute favourite was Malice of Wasteland, the Silver City story by Lilith K. Dwart. I thought the plot was awesome. I like the characters. I like the premise. I like the fact that other characters from other books were tied in in this shared sort of universe. It's just a great read. And the thing I want to reiterate is these are my opinions. They're not Diane's opinions, which you hear on Filth, which usually is a consensus of what all of us are thinking and debating amongst ourselves. But usually when it comes to reading these titles, the people who've read all the books in our team are usually um, Di, Kat, D, Sam, myself. Um, and for myself, I'm probably, as the creative director, reading these books, not so much to critique them like um, the other girls in the team are doing. It's just to protect the brand and know that somebody isn't trying to push anything dodgy that we subsequently could be unwittingly promoting. That being said, there were two books which were submitted with quality control issues. I mean, these books needed a proper editor. And because both of these books were quite lengthy, it probably wasn't acceptable to recommend them. However, I could tell you those two books which I read were actually quite brilliant and show a lot of potential. I won't name the authors. Um, you'll just have to trust the original reviewers' reviews. That being said, we're in 2023 now. I don't usually have a voice on the podcast, so I just want to take this opportunity to actually close the show. I want to wish you the happiest, healthiest, prosperous 2023. I want to thank everybody who supported this podcast by listening to it, retweeting it, sharing the links, writing reviews, and um, supporting our Patreon offer. You know, thank you. Um, and take care of yourselves. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Check us out on Patreon. We have our exclusive podcast, Shh, Extra Filth, and several exclusive long play audiobooks we know you'll love. We'll see you soon and have a happy new year.